Yeah. Come on. Yeah. I'm just sorry. I'm getting heated because I was watching the movie and just thinking about this. I'm like, come on. Like, everything is handled. Everything is happening perfectly in this movie. Well, everything. and that's that's the biggest issue I have with this movie is everything is timed out mm -hmm. to him wandering out into the road, which happens later, and that's when you stop watching the movie. Mm -hmm. Conveniently wanders out right in front of a tractor trailer. Doesn't wander out any other time in the movie. Mm -hmm. Just then. Just then. And it, it's there, there's too much of that in this movie. Yeah. Way, it's way, 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 It's contrived. Everything is contrived. Well, and that, that explains the Missy element of it, where yeah, all that's she exists contrived. in the story just so that the daughter can see that she died mm -hmm. and then translate that to, you know, her, her cat dying and then you know, basically putting the onus on Lewis to do something about it. Mm -hmm. it. It's just very, very forced. And I agree with that. But as a kid, it didn't bother me as much as it does now. Mm -hmm. And I think now it doesn't bother me as much because of nostalgia. And but this is you as a 40-year-old watching, watching the movie for the, first for the very exactly. first time. Exactly. I would have a completely different view on this. And once again, not one of my favorite King movies. That's fine. And then it's fair. And the thing is, again, I'm looking through the eyes like a, of a writer and knowing that Stephen King wrote this, I expected a lot more. Yeah, yeah. So uh, let's see if we can get through some of this quickly. So, yeah, you have the <laughs> you have Pascal, the runner. He's like, his brain is it's coming just, out of yeah, his head. You see his it's brain. oozing out of his yeah. head. And, he, and, and freaking Lewis is still trying to save him. It's yeah. like, give me six cc's of whatever the fuck because it, this guy's dead <laughs> yeah this guy yeah it's like just let's just put him out of his misery and again Lewis Lewis right now he gets plowed over by a truck animals eat up the road Gage almost gets hit time to put up a a barrier maybe <laughs> uh, get the emergency funds get the emergency funds to put up that barrier <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If the neighborhood won't do it, <laughs> perhaps you should unilaterally call it an emergency uh, yes. to have a crew come out and build a wall. Build a wall because obviously or or a fence. Or a fence Fencing. or something a structure of some sort. A structure a barrier. Some, yes, because obviously there is a, there is an issue with this road that is causing all types of deaths. Guys Brain, brain cats being, dying cats all over dying, the place. And a boy's about to die. I mean, something needs to be done lots here. Lots of drugs. Oh, oh wait, no, sorry. That's something else. <laughs> <laughs> human trafficking and something else. Well, there is human trafficking, but in this case, it's just traffic, just traffic. in a tractor trailer. Is it ironic that my boy is out there right now, the reason why I stopped watching this movie? <laughs> Well, he's watching something. He's he's probably watching uh the, 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 the He's Canadian. probably watching Pet Cemetery. <laughs> he's enjoying it. He's so enjoying anyway, <laughs> um, so if he breaks out laughing when Gage gets hit, I'm I'm disturbed. Uh, it, Brad uh, Greenquist, who played Victor Pascal, apparently mm -hmm. said in an interview that uh, that the the makeup that he wore was so gory that nobody wanted to be around yeah, him. Never, yeah. It made everybody feel uneasy and. It definitely felt uneasy to me when I watched it, but I'll be honest, as a child watching this movie, 
I didn't even understand why he was involved in the movie. It, there was a lot of things <laughs> There's that happened. There's a lot of that. Why that are you involved? I did not understand why this was happening or yeah. anything else as right. a kid. Now, I right. obviously understand why it's happening now. But hey, How come proper medical procedure was and he was hit by a car? Why wasn't he on a board when they brought him in? It was just people just found people them on the side of the road, the side, picked them up and took them to the medical center at the university, and they did call for the hospital. They did call the They okay. called the hospital, but the hosp- but he was already dead. The, hot, the ambulance already got plowed over by another truck. That's what yes, happened. Yes, They got they plowed over. They make couldn't make it because make there was an accident, <laughs> and uh, unfortunately, they had to call a third or second ambulance That's to come get the people from the first ambulance who That's were half dead because they had gotten hit by a these tractor trailer. People are the most, the dumbest town in America, right here. <laughs> the dumbest town in America. Exactly. So, um, Lewis <laughs> is actually very upset that he wasn't able to save Victor, but Victor has the he has you never really know if it's, if it's some kind of a delusion. Mm-hmm. Or, which is possible, maybe a lot of this was delusion. Yeah. Uh, or if he's just actually seeing this dead guy start talking to him, mm-hmm. and he's just like, yo, man, I appreciate you trying to help me out. I'm going to come visit you tonight because we're homies. Right. And then we go back <laughs> to the Creed house. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Lewis gets into bed with his uh, beautiful wife. Mm-hmm. Um, Ashiar, who's hot. And uh, decides that he's not going to touch her at all. I mean, they're not even fucking touching in that. Which bed. is ridiculous. Of course. Uh, so any red-blooded American man would be on top of a. Uh, I mean, if she's willing, I'd be like, all right. I'd um, be like, are y'all ready? <laughs> <laughs> That's <was> bad. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> uh, so Victor, uh, Victor shows up. Sure, in the middle of the night. With his running shorts on and his brain still. Hanging out. Yeah, hanging he looks out. exactly like he did on the table. And looks uh, like Ted from Bill Lewis it wakes up. Now, you don't know if he's dreaming or if he's actually awake. Right. At least not at this point. And uh, he takes Lewis out to the pet cemetery. And he's like, look, dude, you know, bury your dead here. That's fine. But don't go past that huge sticks. Yeah, pile the, right the there. pile of sticks over there. Don't go over there because that's bad. Okay. That's a no-no place. Medical doctor, really intelligent. Okay. So. Uh, okay, note it. There's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> like this is the ple- now he goes back to what Jed had said earlier. This is the place where the dead speak. Don't go play to the place where the dead walk. Place where the dead speak. I want to wake up. I want to wake up. That's all. Don't go on, Doc. No matter how much you may feel you have to, do not go on to the place where the dead walk. Because the ground is sour. I like that line, too. Yeah, it's a good, it's a great line. The ground is sour. I like that. The ground beyond is sour. Um, Stephen King has as a mastery of using words. Oh, the, the the fact that he does the ground is sour through this, yeah. and that the ground the the dirt had gone or the soil had gone bad, and yeah. the way that he put it, even coming out of like a hit character like Jed mm-hmm. or Judd, mm-hmm. it still comes across very powerful. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, so uh, then Rachel and the kids go to visit with 
her parents mm-hmm. back in Chicago, which apparently her parents hate Lewis. Lewis. And I since see. he's just started the new job, mm-hmm. he's like, nah, you guys go ahead. You guys go. I'm going to stay, gonna stay s- here and work. Ground, yeah, and work. So this is Thanksgiving. So, yeah. So so we do know that at least a month goes by. Correct. Because there's Thanksgiving and then there's a Christmas scene later. Right. So at least a month goes by. At least a month. Um, But at this point, we assume that all of this has happened in less than a month. Because they didn't have Halloween. Actually, they did because she switched the Halloween pumpkin over to a Thanksgiving turkey in the window. Oh, okay, so maybe it has been longer. I don't remember that, but you mo- you're probably right. You watched it last night. Mm-hmm. So um, anyway, so they leave for Chicago, mm-hmm. and, of the course, the next morning after the kids are gone, Jed calls Lewis up and says, hey, uh, I found a dead cat in my front lawn. It's been hit by a goddamn truck. I'll fucking give you How much you want to bet church scared Jed? And Jed waited for one of them tractor trailers to come by, which would have been all of three minutes, and just threw that little son of a bitch. I don't think he hit it. I I think he just took a shovel and just smashed the shit and (laughs) flattened him out (laughs) and then took his pickup truck and ran it over. And then then he's like, "Uh, well, I think that uh, he swandered out in the road there and uh, got hit by a truck. (laughs) That road. (laughs) Over Thanksgiving, how convenient. It's like, okay, I'm, I'm calling the fence people right now. Ten foot concrete barrier. Of course. So then you have Jed, uh, and this is interesting. One of the things I read um, was that when Stephen King was originally writing this, he wanted to have like a good evil type of like mm-hmm. good angel versus Bad evil angel. angel. Judd, who you think is kind of your friend the whole time, mm-hmm. is the 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 devil. Mm-hmm. Angel, you know, the devil on your shoulder, whereas Pascal or the Wendigo or whatever forces that are behind that are kind of your good angel. Mm-hmm. So you had the Pascal versus Jed. I never looked at Judd as a bad influence, mm-hmm. even though he basically fucked everything up. Well, it's a scene that you didn't see, but he goes over after. Uh, Gage is, is hit by the truck and it says, I think it's my fault. This happened because of me. I'm the one that introduced this evil into your life mm-hmm. and now the evil is following you around. So he's basically taking it onto himself, but I still never, ever thought of it that way until I read that, uh, that I, can, I, I can see how thing. Judd is the evil angel because, again, evil is <laughs> not necessarily in your face. No, no. A lot no, of no. it is, I mean, the Think about it's trickery and well. What is it? The uh, I, I'm I'm sure I uh, I'm not going to get this right. The 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 biggest evils in the world are based on good intentions or mm-hmm. something like that. I don't. I know that's not path the to right hell, thing. I mean, path to hell is paid with good intentions. There you go, path to hell. Mm-hmm. So and and that's kind of where this whole thing. You could boil the whole story down to that mm-hmm. because Judd is just trying to help, mm-hmm. um, but he knows the risk. He clearly knows the risk. Mm-hmm. So anyway, uh, he takes Lewis to the Indian Barrel Ground. Which I have a problem with. Now, now, when was Deliverance? In the 70s, right? Yes. Uh, so Yes, 70s. Uh, I am not going to the woods with a hillbilly by myself. I think they're friends by then. You think, I think so? I think they are because they, they seem to be almost instant friends. 
And this would have happened after... Did this happen before or after the funeral? This happened before the funeral. Okay. Well, they definitely are close friends after the funeral, but um, I think that they are pretty close by now. Okay. Which is weird, but then again, he's an old guy who lives by himself, Mm -hmm. and he's very friendly, and he saved his kid from getting hit by a goddamn car. So it's easy, and he's easily likable. He's a very likable guy. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's that's. I just wouldn't go in the woods with him. No, well, you wouldn't, <laughs> but I would. I mean, and I I enjoy well, you, a good rib you, job. Yeah, you you you're in that sort of thing, you know. Yep, yep, yep. You're single. You gotta do what you gotta do. Yeah, anything to get by. Okay. Um. So then, of course, Judd, who just keeps walking and walking. It's forever. And, and forever. They, I actually do love this scene where he's just like, well, won't be long now. Won't be much longer now. A little longer. <laughs> I, I do love that scene. And then once they finally get their ass all the way to hell up this mountain, he's just like, Oh, I'd love to help you, but you must bury your... Everyone bears their own. Beyond another smoke. I'd help you, but you got to do it yourself. Each buries his own. I don't get how the hell he found this place either. It's not like... Because it was known. It was known. Judd knew about it. Okay. Judd... Well, basically, I don't know when this happens, and I'm sure we will. it would have come up later, but Judd tells the story about burying his dog there. Yeah, he does. And uh, when he when he was twelve, so but, but how does he find it? Like, how does he find out about? It? I think everybody in the town kind of knew about it. And why does it have to be Indian burial ground? I, like, what is this? Does the Native Americans have like a monopoly of bad shit happening in the graveyards? Well, I don't think that how? it was bad. I think that initially it was a good place where the spirits would their their tribe would come back. Mm-hmm. But then something happened to the soil that turned it bad, what and that's when they stopped using. That's the problem with Stephen King shit. He doesn't explain anything. Why did the soil go bad? I have no idea because he never explains why the soil went bad. Maybe the uh, white man came in and killed the entire tribe, and the tribe That's bled into the ground, and it caused the soil to go. That's bad. what happened. Maybe I don't know. We'll just go. We'll run with that. I I mean, but it's because that's the narrative everybody else runs with. We'll run with that. Why not? Let's fucking run with it. I don't care. I mean, it. it, it but that's kind of the problem mm-hmm. with Stephen King stuff. He doesn't explain why, mm-hmm. or, or you know, he throws an idea against the wall. Most of them stick, and mo- and then he adds all kinds of description to tell you about mm-hmm. that thing that's slowly climbing down the fucking wall. Mm-hmm. But where did who threw that fucking thing in the first place? He'll never tell you. Fucking never. He'll tell you. never tell you. Never damn tell you. And then when you're like. Well, what? Well, okay. Well, now it's gotten to the ground and it's coming and it's eating the children, and you're just like, okay. Well, how are we going to stop this thing? It doesn't oh, matter. Oh, well, all you had to do was you know grab the hat off of the the counter over there, and then you would have won. And that's well, it. What? What? Yeah, that's, that's it? it. I had to pick up the hat, and then the the thing died. Yeah, that like doesn't it, make any like goddamn in this sense. Fa- all you do is build a damn fence. <laughs> that's all you had to do is build a damn wall. Build the damn wall. And yeah. the problems will be solved. Yeah, I, I think you uh, kind of decided to. Uh, we decided for doing this movie on two different reasons. Completely, <laughs> I think. Uh, I think you have a political undertone to your I, point, 
Whereas I was just simply looking at the fact that Pet Cemetery was re, uh, you know, they were re-releasing or redoing, it. redoing it. Yeah, and you were just like, they screw re- that. This is a good reason. They to- should be redoing parts of the. They are redoing parts of the fence. Yeah. <laughs> well, they tore down some of the the uh, the wall. You heard about that, right? No, I did not. Oh, they. He had these sections of wall built so he would oh, see the it. Oh, prototypes. And yeah. they they had to tear all that down. Yeah. So anyway, it doesn't matter. That's a something completely different. Mm-hmm. Which it's funny because our people in uh, that are listening in Australia probably have no fucking no clue what clue we're talking about. They're like, I, I, I just drugs. listen to I just listen to Star Wars, and this is what I get. I get Pet Cemetery. <laughs> <laughs> people like this movie. I am one of them. It's anyway, easy when you live so, on island. Uh, where are you going here? So each uh, each buries his own. He says, "What person is right mind bury anything in Stonehenge?" <laughs> He's a fucking doctor. So you're just you're just attacking the intelligence behind it. Is like, why am I out here with Judd, and I want to bury this day? I'm a, I'm a medical doctor. Well, you've already seen a dead guy who told you not to go, yeah, yeah. and you went because your next door neighbor is like, "Look, no, this is this this will be good for you." I'm telling you, this is this will be the best thing. But we don't know exactly what he said to convince him. But it didn't take a lot of convincing. No, he's just like, yeah, let's take the cat and bury him up there. Sounds, what the fuck? Sounds logical. Everything and I've been taught. When the logical. cat shows back up, it's just like, okay, well, I expected that to happen. Yeah, no problem. Scratches and, me. Nothing evil about this shit. I don't know. Uh, I don't understand why he just openly accepted everything Judd told him to do, but he introduced the concept by bringing church back. Yeah. So that, of course, leads you to a lot of the stuff that happens later. So Lewis buries church and then goes back to the house. Uh, why doesn't he build a fucking fence? It's funny because you, you just keep talking about building a fence and when I was doing the write-up, I kept talking about how Ellie is just a horrible, a actress. horrible, a actress. horrible actress. She's so bad. Wouldn't it be? Gage is awesome. Yes. Gage is awesome in this movie, and especially Evil Gage. Like, and so you I never even got to. I Evil didn't get Gage. To Evil Gage, but Evil Gage is awesome. And the line, his last line in the movie, dude, you would either, you might even cry. If you saw the last line that he really? has in the movie, yes, because he just walks, he just wanders. We'll get to it. Let's, because uh, I keep jumping all over the place That's in fine. this fucking movie. So it's just whatever. So there's the logic in this movie, too. So anyway, you got um, steam and polish shit. Uh, <laughs> Judd tells Lewis the story of the ragman who took, they took him up to, uh, who took Judd up to Barry right. Spot, his dog, and the dog came back, but he came back bad. Yeah. Um, we don't know who the hell the ragman is. Yeah, uh, he never explains any of that. Uh, it, it doesn't understand. You don't understand why a twelve-year-old would follow some ragman, whatever the fuck that means. He owns up a, to he, the hills. Ragman owns a, tr- a trucking company. That's what it is. I guess. Uh, you wrote the something in here about what I was actually saying about Judd being the bad angel. Yeah. Uh, Judd helps him, even though he knows the dog was fucked up. And yeah, I agree he with knew that his statement. dog was fucked up. He's going to say, you know what? We'll bury your cat so your cat can be I evil mean, as well. I mean, wouldn't it have made more sense to just go into town and buy a new cat? Or call his daughter and say, look, your cat got hit by a truck. I know it sucks. Yeah. When you get back, we'll get a new we'll cat. We'll get another cat. Yeah, we'll get another cat. But instead, I want to bring evil cat to the world. Well, yeah, but I don't think he... 
it reminds me of, oh my God, do you remember, um, oh Jesus Christ, I love this movie and I can't remember it. It's got Goldie Hawn. Boogie Nights. No, Goldie Hawn and uh, Death Becomes Her. Yes, Death okay? Becomes Her. And they're sitting there and she goes, uh, Meryl Streep goes to the, uh, the lady and gets the potion. And she keeps talking her up and she's like, bottoms up and he drinks it. And then she's like, now a warning. <laughs> That's actually a good movie, though. I like that movie. That movie's wonderful. I love that movie. But it's just, that was kind of like this scene in a, in a nutshell. He's like, I'm going to take you up in the woods. We're going to bury your cat. And then I'm going to get back. And I'm like, now let me tell you what happened when I buried Spot up there. come back as a demon dog. <laughs> it's like, Jesus Christ. Here's some Vaseline for now you. Now a warning. So anyway, uh... <laughs> Um. Yeah, and then you have this weirdity. Uh, so, so they come back from Thanksgiving, and Ellie immediately says, oh, "I had a cat. A dream that a uh, church got hit." It's like, yeah, she has uh, a lot of these premonitions. Wasn't she supposed to be psychic or something? I don't know. Do oh, you... like half of Stephen King's girls are psychic, so probably. I know that I found it exceptionally annoying that she kept having these dreams and she kept misinterpreting things. And she was such a bad actress that she doesn't bring the lines across mm-hmm. very well. Like later on in the movie, she's talking to Pat. Pascal tells her everything about what Lewis is doing with. Oh, so Pascal comes visit Ellie. Yes, oh, because geez. he can't get through to Lewis. Uh, okay. Lewis is dead set on taking Gage and burying him up in the Indian burial ground. Oh, good God. All this shit happens later, so let's get to <laughs> it later. Because I, I keep... I, I'm, we we got to keep some kind of semblance of movie here. <laughs> uh, so then Lewis takes a, takes a fucking a, a bath. He takes a... Who the fuck takes a bath? That was before they came back. Yeah, that's he right. He took a bath... And the cat showed up and dropped like a rat, a big fat rat, rat in the water with him. Yeah, I mean, I, I, when's the last time you took a bath? I don't take. baths. You're 42 years old. I don't take baths. When's the last time you had a bath? I don't take baths. It's geez, years. I think the last time I took a bath, I was probably, and I'm not counting like sitting in a hot tub or something like that because that's, that's not a bath. That's different. That's um, at a bathhouse where you go. Right. Roman bathhouse in a certain section of Baltimore City. But that's on you. No, not We're not going to talk City. about that. We don't go there. We fly across the country to San Francisco to oh, the bathhouses uh, over there. Thank you. Much nicer. Sorry. Anyway. So. Um, a little distracting, I'm trying you? to remember. You I get distracted in bathhouses, don't you? Yes. I just keep dreaming about it. <laughs> I do think that I got into a bath with one of my wives. I, I had a collection of wives. One of them took a bath with me. So that would have been the last time I was in, took I, a bath. I took a bath. I can't remember the last So that time. was at least 15 years ago, yeah, at it, minimum. It had to be. I think I'm probably talking about like Epsom salt bath for my back. Like a decade ago or something. Yeah, I wouldn't even do it's that. Too much fucking work for me. Yeah, baths are just ridiculous. Just, no I hated way. them. I hated them as kids because why do you want to sit in your own filth? I don't know. Why would you ever want to sit in your? Own, I mean, literally, if you want to take a bath, you get into the shower, you take a quick shower, wash yourself, mm-hmm. and then you fill the bathtub with hot water and you kind of sit in hot water. Yeah, 
I would never, ever, ever take a fucking bubble bath. The shower is much quicker. It's hot. Water's hot. I mean, if I was a woman and, like, you know, I was all (laughs) open down there and it felt good or something, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it feels good on a woman. I don't know. I know. I mean, you know, I, I prefer showers. In your case, you prefer saunas. So saunas, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. it's like a sauna in here. Yeah. Um. So where are we? Oh yeah. So Ellie comes back from Thanksgiving and has her premonition about freaking church getting hit. Uh. Then we jump right to Missy committing suicide. Yeah, like we discussed yeah. earlier. She's that makes no fucking room, sense. And she's like, you know, I'm gonna just hang myself. I've, I had enough of this stomach pain. Yeah, she writes herself a note. <laughs> I got stomach cancer. Tired of it. Bye. I uh, yeah yeah yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. I'm gonna, uh, uh, no, I don't know who she just, who she is. She she hangs. And herself. who the fuck is right? Why is she writing the? Who found her? What the fuck? Yeah. Why is any of this happening? I don't know. I just I just you know you watch it like oh, okay. And at this point, I'm really mad with the, with the movie as it is. And I'm like, this is just shit. So then, of course, you get the Stephen at this point, King I'm, I'm yearning for Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Oh come on, it's not that bad. There's no way you put that on the same level. That that movie was horrible. It's better than this. This movie. what? It's better than this movie. You're absolutely wrong on that. Absolutely. How, how, how? Huh? How am I wrong? Dude, this is a venture into madness and you didn't watch any of the horror part of the movie. Cuz it took 45 minutes to get to it. And I, I didn't, well we'll get to the point why I really so, stopped. So, yeah, 45 minutes to get to the good part versus Robin Hood, which took two hours and 15 minutes to get to the credits. There was no good part. That's a clever line right there. That's pretty good. I'll give you props for that. That's a very good line. Okay, so anyway, uh, she commits suicide. Then they have the funeral where you have your typical Stephen King cameo, which he usually did a cameo in most of his movies. Mm -hmm. Um, Not all of them, obviously. Uh, Ellie, who is a horrible actor, talks to Lewis about death while Rachel overhears it. So this scene is kind of weird. Rachel is standing in the kitchen while, you know, Ellie, who's talking about going to heaven and this, that, and the other, and he's trying to be give a reasonable response to a child. Mm-hmm. And I think he kind of does, but then she's just like, the wife is just like, do you really think that's true? It's like oh. she's a fucking uh, moron. Uh, um, and that leads us into, well, it says Rachel confronts Lewis about uh, telling the story, and then she tells the story of Zelda, uh, her this, sister with this, Spinal Meningitis. And who's played with a guy. They see it's it. played by a man, yeah. yeah but, um, I, but actually, I think it played well as a man. Like, he looks creepy as a woman. Oh, yeah. That's why they wanted to make it terrifying, so that's why they made her, made Zelda... Now, watch. I don't understand what this was. I was like, "What is? What's going on here? What movie am I watching?" I. It's another thing I didn't understand as a kid. I really still to today can't really make heads or tails. Other than, I don't even know. I don't understand so, well, why would you leave a child with a girl who has spinal meningitis? Yeah. So, what the idea is? So, her older sister Zelda has spinal meningitis. Her parents lock her up in the in, in the in in like a room where sloth would be. Right. And she's supposed to take care of her sister who looks like hell ran. I mean, just 
Yeah, she's basically emaciated. Yeah. Her spine is showing through her back. Yeah, she's, she's all cracking. bent over. Yeah. Uh, her face is, is all sullen and, and yeah. uh, caved in. And, you know, as a child, she was basically, wasn't she like a six-year-old or something? Yeah, she was young. She was very young. I don't even know how old she was supposed to be at this point. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't matter in the course of events. But she's in there trying to feed her, and she's just like... Having trouble getting any of the food down and yeah. everything else. And it's, it's a, a very terrible situation. It's terrible. And a child in that situation would, of course, be selfish. Mm-hmm. And look at the situation like, you know, this she's a monster. Yeah. This is a monster living in my house. This is, this is a monster that ate my sister, not my sister. Yeah. And that's understandable for a child to act that way. Right. Um. And she, the whole point of this story, of her telling this story, is that she's basically like, I wanted her to die. Am I an evil person? Am I going to go to hell because I wanted my sister to die? To end her suffering. And when my sister finally dies, you know, I was so upset that I ran out and I just, you know, all of that tension and buildup kind of released in her laughing about the situation. Her parents left her home with her or something like that? Yeah, her parents left her at home and she was taking care of her and and I guess she seized and, you know, died. And and she knew what to do. So she comes out. She's on the stairs. And this is a scene I don't understand. She looks down the staircase. There's these two fat kids. I don't think they were really there. I think that was the way she remembers it. Just and that fast. was that was kind of the problem with this. Like, she was remembering something. Mm-hmm. So it was part dream, part memory. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of that bleeded together. And it, it made it very difficult to understand yeah. what the fuck was going on. But the whole it. concept was they hid the daughter in the back room so because she was an embarrassment to mm-hmm. the family. Mm-hmm. And she was embarrassed by it. And in the outcome, like, when she ran out of the house... To go yell for help, uh, she must have ran past these kids who instead were in the house instead of outside the house. And when she ran away from everybody, she, instead of being crying and being upset about it, she laughed about it. Yeah. But that could have just been a release of endorsing. I mean, it, it could have been any... Anything. You don't know how you're going to react to any situation. Right. So, you know, I the whole thing was very weird. It was not well... It didn't make sense. It didn't fit in the story. That's the problem with this movie. Yeah. There's so many goddamn things that just don't fit in with the story. Yeah. Even though I the over the 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 story itself I like. Mm-hmm. I know you don't, but the story itself I like. He has this situation, this cat dies, he the cat comes back to life. He thinks he can save his son by bringing him back to life. Mm-hmm. Then he thinks he can save his wife. It's just it just keeps escalating, and you watch him go into madness. The problem is, is it's not done as well as other movies where you watch a man go into madness. Mm-hmm. Um, there are in the mouth of madness is a perfect movie for that. Mm-hmm. You want to watch a movie about a man that's just clearly going insane mm-hmm. as the movie goes along, and you don't really know what's real and what's not real, and he's just losing it. That is a perfect movie for it. Or you could just videotape my room last night, my living room last night, as I'm watching this. Okay. And see the descent of madness in my face. All right. So, um, <laughs> uh, Rachel hates herself because she wanted her dead, her sister dead, mm-hmm. uh, and she possibly left. So, 
Now we're back to the Creed house. Lewis confronts Rachel saying that she shouldn't have been left alone and he hates her parents even more. Um, Lewis's, I wrote this down. Lewis's eyebrows go nuts in the scene and I couldn't stop laughing. Like, I went back and watched the scene like multiple times. I'm sure you didn't, but I really wish you had. If you watch it, like, he gets right up in her face and like her and his eyebrows are just like, up and down and all over the goddamn place, and they just keep moving the whole scene. They're just like fluttering, and I'm like, "What the fuck is wrong with this dude?" Right. <laughs> it, it was just hilarious. I watched it multiple times. Mm-hmm. So anybody watching the movie, you get to this part after the Zelda scene, just like the it zooms in on his face, and his eyebrows are going nuts. Just nuts. It's freaking hilarious. Um. Then of course, uh, you, this is when they're building to. Yeah. Uh, the the scene the climax uh, essentially is, is when the climax starts. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you see a tractor trailer leaving the warehouse and getting ready to drive down the road. Mm-hmm. Now you know right off the bat What's as soon as you see the tractor trailer, you know that this is a different situation. Mm-hmm. That something bad's about to happen. Once again, this is a good scene of King building suspense. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know something bad's going to happen. And unfortunately, because the movie and the story is so old, you know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. But if you didn't know, mm-hmm. the suspense build here is great. And you're just like, what the fuck's going to happen? Mm-hmm. You know something's coming. Uh, but it's thick. It's very thick. It's thick. It's laid, it's laid okay. thick. But, but to even the, the driver, point of every goddamn thing else. Everything else in this movie. Well, and then the, the Ramones playing where he's yeah. blaring the music. Yeah. So you know he's distracted as he's driving to the... Like Through a neighborhood. Every, yeah. Fucking I mean, asshole. It's just, to me, it was kind of like every cliche you could bound into it mm-hmm. um, was put into that scene right. as it built. It did build very good, but it was very thick. Mm-hmm. Um, so Lewis is flying a kite they're having a picnic outside. They're having a picnic. They're having right. a picnic outside. Um, they're flying a kite or something. Well, Lewis is flying the kite, and then he's doing it with Gage. And so then he gives Gage the kite, and Gage is flying it himself. Mm-hmm. Well, then, of course, Ellie, who's an absolute horrible actress. A horrible person, too. Yes, she's just a horrible... She is the center of attention. Yeah. She has to be the fucking center of attention. Yes. So Gage has the kite. And I guess a big wind comes and knocks it out of his hand, and he drops it. So she yells, you dumb shit. So everybody turns around and has to have a big old laugh. Now, this time, Jed is sitting at the table mm-hmm. uh, with Denise, with, uh, what's her name? Tasha Yar. Tasha Yar. Um, Rachel. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and Lewis is kind of halfway between the table and where Gage is, because Gage was right next to him. But Gage is now chasing after the kite because he dropped the spindle mm-hmm. and the kite is flying out towards the road, of the course. Road. So now it's just he's chasing after it. He's not he's a three-year-old. And fucking Lewis, who's a piece of garbage, is paying more attention to his piece of shit daughter mm-hmm. than his wonderful, wonderful son. Who was gonna who almost got hit before and the cat got hit in the road and there's yeah, truck straddles. He knows the dangers of the situation and doesn't pay attention anymore. Doesn't build the fence. Knows the dangers of the situation at hand. What happens if that fence was not built but completely ignores it? Right. 
completely ignores the situation out of their own ignorance. So, of course... They go switching back and forth between the truck driver, who right. was just they're, oblivious they're, to yes, the world. jumping back and forth, and the truck driver is driving down the road too fast. And then at the last second, it's already too late. It's already Rachel too late. Rachel yells to Lewis. Lewis, it, it, you know, sees... Gage running out to the road. Gage run out Lewis the road, starts taking off, the, running after Gage, but it's too late. Yeah, he gets hit by the truck. Now, the you weird see, thing is, is, if you watch this, this scene closely, first off, there's no... Actual violence right. in this scene. All you ever see is a toddler shoe yeah. flying down the road. Mm-hmm. So it was filmed with that in mind, mm-hmm. at least. Um, but what you do see, what's weird, is if you watch very closely before they jump, you'll see that the truck either tries to turn or something, but it like basically flips. The, the truck flips onto its side, oh, which yeah. is really weird. Um, and... The biggest problem I have with the shoe flying down the street, and I know this is going to be very graphic, there's no foot in it. It's just a sh- empty shoe flying down the street. Why? Why would there be an empty shoe flying down the street? That being said, it, you know, it is a horror movie. You, ex- you know, mm-hmm. there's a lot of gruesome shit. This was... You built enough suspense in this scene, and you know what's happening that you don't need to see it. There's yeah. no need to see it. Right. Um, so later that night, this uh, is where I checked out. This is where I stopped watching. Yeah, you movie. stopped watching it at this point. So I'm no. going to kind of continue. Go on. ahead. But uh, I wrote later that night, Ellie, who could act, who could act if her hair was on fire, who couldn't act if her hair was on fire, tells Jude and Lewis that God could let Gage come back, which, of course, that whole scene is just there to plant the idea, which is already there, but to reinforce the idea in uh, Lewis's head mm-hmm. to, to bring him back. So um, then we go to the funeral house. This actually, in my opinion, is the most brutal scene in the movie. Okay. Uh, he gets in there, and he's standing by the coffin. You know, the coffin's closed. It's a closed coffin. Yeah. Well, um, it should be. Should be, yes. And I'll, there's a lot of weird things with that, but I'm not going to get into any of it. Um, there's a closed coffin. He's standing up by the coffin, and Rachel's father, Irwin, just starts berating him and saying, you know, this is your fault, and why weren't you there, and blah, blah, blah. Just basically jumping in his shit Mm -hmm. and Lewis loses it because like he's Irwin's physically getting up in his face Mm -hmm. and Er, and Lewis pushes him back well he falls backwards and knocks into the coffin Mm -hmm. the coffin falls off the table and you there is a scene where the coffin falls down and the lid of the coffin pops open just maybe like three inches and you see the the little baby hand come up and then go back down, and then it closes. So you oh. only see hit the hand for, like, just a second. Oh, but it's so oh. brutal. Yeah. And this is, this is me as a 14-year-old who hasn't had kids yet, and I am just like, wow, that was harsh. And mm. I, it was really, really intense. And then later on when I had kids, it's, it's even more intense. Yeah, I, I could, mean, I could it's not... Just, 
it's impossible. I can't, you have yeah. a kid that age yeah, right now, so it's it it's mind-numbing to, to think of it. I get it. I get it to horror. I get the premise and all that. I get it. It's just not my cup of tea at this point. Plus, so, the movie sucked ass at this point. I was like, fuck it. I ain't Well, and this is out. where it turned into a horror movie, really. Mm-hmm. Because it, it, you know, but whatever. Anyway, so uh, Jude... Uh, they're back in the Creed house. Jude blames himself for Gage's death because he talked Lewis into taking, um, he and he's trying to talk Lewis out of taking him up there. I put up there in quotes because that's how he refers to it. Judd from is this Judd, point. Saying, Judd is like, don't do it, don't do it. It's not a good idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Judd then tells the story about the last time somebody was buried up there. Okay, which, so uh, this, this is a- when you have a flashback of. Uh, Timmy Batterman, who fought through World War II, he lived through World War II, and then managed to die on the way home from World War II. That happens. Yeah, so uh, his father, Bill, was so upset that he buried him up there, and when he came back down, he came down as a monster. And not like a monster, like he was physically looked kind of like a zombie out of the... Uh, the old school, like, you know, Night of the Living Dead type Uh zombie, okay? So he wasn't over-the-top zombie, but he was, you know, he definitely looked kind of fucked up in Mm -hmm. the face and everything. And he didn't really talk, and he was just kind of lurched around and made everybody feel uncomfortable, but, you know, he definitely was had, like, evil intentions behind Mm -hmm. what he was doing. Um, So anyway, uh, then you have... One of the lines that it's the it's in my opinion the best line in the movie, mm-hmm. and of course it's the one that sticks with you the most, mm-hmm. which is sometimes dead is better. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's just it's so it that line is delivered so perfectly mm-hmm. by Fred Gwynn. It is just so impactful with everything that's just happened. You have the car accident, you have the funeral, and now you're sitting in there and it's just like. Sometimes dead is better. It's just like, mm-hmm. oh my god, that's fucking creepy. Mm-hmm. So anyway, and I'm getting goosebumps, man. Like this is like I said, man. This movie has the ability to really put it on. So anyway, the flashback continues. The women all got scared, so all the men in the si- in the the town decided they're going to do something. They go to Bill's house. They try to get Bill out of the house, but he refuses to leave. They light the house on fire and they take off. So it kills. Uh, Timmy and his father Bill. They so, both die in the so fire. this, so wait a minute. So this town realizes there's something evil about that burial ground. Yeah, the town all kind of know at this point. For fuck's sake! Yeah, that's why I said it doesn't. But they don't really, you know, who is the town? Oh, fucking a bunch of lazy assholes who won't build a damn fence. Well, it around see- the burial ground now. Well, yeah, okay, I get what you're saying. Um... And it doesn't make sense who knows about it and who doesn't know about it. They just, they just, it's just weird. Mm-hmm. And if you saw a guy that you know was dead walking around, I think you'd be a little bit more than upset. I think you'd be freaking the fuck out if yeah. you knew a dead guy was walking around. Mm-hmm. So anyway, uh, let's get through some of this real quick. So Judd uh, says, the Indians stopped burying their dead there when the ground went sour. Mm-hmm. Once again, another great line. Uh, the ground that. going sour. Um, Lewis decides that he's going to send Rachel and the kids to Chicago, 
and uh, you know to be with her parents, and that he and he says I'll be along in a couple days because now at this point he's scheming. Scheming. He's her. he's gonna go get Gage and bury him up there. Mm. Uh, so uh, L. Who couldn't act <laughs> as well as Lindsay Lohan after the crack? Doesn't want to go because she had a bad dream about Lewis Gage and Victor Pascal. Oh, yeah. So this is when Victor has now started to show up to Ellie, to Ellie and telling her, "Look, this is going. You know, you got to stop your dad. Your dad's going to do something bad." Mm-hmm. And you know, and and I'll be honest, Pascal is definitely the the White Witch or Glenda, you know, whatever you want to fucking call him. Like, he is doing everything he can yeah. to help Lewis. Like the ghost who of literally Pass. did nothing for like, him, by the like way. Like Bob Marley. He didn't do anything. Yeah. He was already dead when yeah. he showed up, but the fact that he was upset that he couldn't save him was enough for his spirit mm-hmm. to stay around and try to help him. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so um, uh, then you have uh, Lewis goes to the cemetery. He starts to dig up Gage. Now, that whole scene, like, that takes forever. Mm-hmm. Him digging up Gage, which I guess it would, but it's a very long scene. Like, they show him digging, and then they go to Chicago, and then they come back, and he's still digging, and then they go to Chicago. And then they finally, mm-hmm. uh, you know, then he hides because there's a car that goes by, and then they go back to Chicago. And then they come back, and he finally gets him out, and he takes the body out, and he's hugging him. Ugh. Oh. He's just hugging the you know the, oh. the dead body, which is very hard to watch, yeah. dude. All of this shit is very difficult, especially as a father. Yeah, you know, um, so it's very difficult. Anyway, so you have um, <coughs> Ellie. Oh Jesus Christ! <laughs> no, <it's laughs> Ellie, who could have been played better by a stop motion dinosaur, has another bad dream about Pascal who is trying to warn them, but is too stupid to explain Mm -hmm. what's going on to her mother. Mm -hmm. So essentially she has a scene where she's in bed and she's crying and she's trying to explain to uh, Rachel that Lewis is going to do something Mm -hmm. bad and he's trying to stop him. But she's she's just a horrible actress. So um, Rachel goes out into the hallway and kind of puts it together while Pascal is now... There and he's, it's very, he's there and you know she's not seeing him, mm-hmm. but he's kind of whispering, and I guess she's getting the the whispers in the back of her head somehow. Okay. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's kind of getting through to her. Um, and so she goes and she let's see she she tries to call Lewis. Lewis doesn't answer. So then she calls Judd. Mm-hmm. So basically, Judd is now sitting on his porch. Waiting, because he knows what's going to happen. What's going to happen? So he's now sitting there waiting for Lewis to show up with Gage. Uh-huh. El, uh huh. Uh, uh, Rachel, on the other hand, says, "I'm coming home." Judd's like, "No, don't stay there. I'll take care of it. Stay there." And she's like, "No, fuck that. I'm coming home." So I, I wrote, "This is where the movie gets weird. There are two forces at play. One is Pascal, and the other is an unseen force of evil that exists up there. Uh, they don't really explain that well, and I never really picked picked up on it as a kid. So we, I've kind of covered that a little bit earlier, mm-hmm. where there's a force 
that emanates, an evil force that emanates from the Indian burial ground, which is essentially trying to slow Rachel down from stopping oh, Lewis okay. from stopping Lewis to bury oh, so the, now the force, the force wants oh, him to bury so that's, him. That's brand okay. Okay, so it's well that's what I'm saying. It doesn't make sense. So, but it is what it is. Um Lewis, uh, like I said, Lewis hugs the dead body of Gage oh. in the cemetery. Uh, Rachel then has a... Rachel's on a flight, and she has a nightmare or a vision of her dead sister saying that her and Gage were going to get her while, uh, you know, while she's on her first flight, because then after she leaves the first flight, then she has to jump off and get a second flight. Uh, so he, she rushes from one plane to another, and... Um, I said, the only reason I could figure for this scene is to show that Pascal is trying to help her. So essentially, like, she's like, I need to get a flight. And there's like, there's no flight. And then when she gets to the other airport, she's like, I need a car. There's no cars. And Pascal's like, what about that car that came in damaged? And she's like, well, we had one that was damaged. So she lets her take the car. So it's like Pascal's trying to help Rachel stop Lewis. Um Judd, who was waiting, he falls asleep on the cow on his porch. Uh, of course, he falls asleep right as Lewis shows up with of Gage, course. and then Lewis walks up to the cemetery. Mm-hmm. So he climbs up there. Uh, once he gets into the forest, this is the second scene where you have that Wendigo force in the forest that seems to be trying to stop him. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's an unseen force that's just like making loud noises and mm-hmm. basically trying to. Uh, wore him off, and he actually falls. Um, but then he picks himself up, and he goes, Sally forth. Um, Rachel tries to get a rental car. Pascal continues to help her. Rachel uh, has... Okay, so now Rachel's driving back to the house, and she has a blowout. So this is where I was saying, like, you had this this unseen evil force that's trying to stop her from getting there, mm-hmm. and you have Pascal uh, trying to help her get home. Mm-hmm. So, um, and it it says, Pascal says, it's trying to stop you. So, yeah, that's where I was pointing that out. Lewis uh, buries Gage and then returns home. But, you know, instead of waiting for his son, he just immediately falls asleep upstairs in his room. Makes no fucking sense. Yeah. Gage returns. Gage shows up and he grabs a, he goes up into his, father's room and grabs a scalpel out of his medical bag and then goes across the street to Jed's house. Mm-hmm. Now we're in Jed's house. Mm-hmm. Uh, he hears Gage. Gage is taunting him and he hears him and then he starts searching the house for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's when, you know, he's wandering around and he makes his way up to his bedroom and that's when you have the scene that I was telling you about where he's standing there and he's looking around and he goes to look under the bed and the little hand comes out because it's kind of like ch- uh, child's play. Whoa. You're gone. Holy shit, you lost your mic. You're gone. So it was kind of like child's play. I don't, do you remember the original child's play? Yes. Okay, so when the original child's play came out, you had tons of scenes where you would see the hand or you would, might see the little feet running, but you never actually saw Chucky until almost the very end. So it was kind of like we're going to hold off on it. So what you would see is you might hear Gage, and all you saw was the hand come out, 
and slice the back, uh, like slice really, really deep into uh, the Achilles heel. So, it, 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 you know, of uh, Judd. And Judd's laying on the floor and he's like riling in pain. And that's when Evil Gage emerges and you see him for the first time. And he gets on top of Judd and takes the scalpel and slices like... I don't know how to describe it real well, but essentially, like, if you had your mouth open and you were going to give somebody the Joker smile, like, right across through the things, he slices across there, which is, like, brutal once again. And then proceeds to bend down over Judd's neck and start chewing out Judd's juggler. Like, it's like, now he's now a, he's a straight-up fucking he's a vampire. zombie, vampire, evil fucking monster thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so Rachel, who's on the side of the road, gets a ride from a trucker, and she finally gets home. So this whole time, Lewis is sleeping upstairs. Okay, so, you know, she just shows up at the house, and Gage uh, starts calling out from Jed's house, and she goes over, she hears his voice, goes over to investigate. Um, Rachel looks around and finally ends up in Judd's room. Uh, now, Judd's not in the middle of the floor anymore. I guess he's under the bed or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, but she sees Zelda, her dead sister, in the corner. And, she, and this dead sister starts taunting her and saying, uh, uh, you know, that she's going to get her, she's going to get her, and then Zelda disappears, and what you see is Gage, and Gage is right there, and Gage just shows up and, like, just kills her, just, like, stabs her with the scalpel and kills stabs, her. Stabs his mom. Yes. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, so then, well, before he does that, he has this great line uh, where it's, like, he's got he's got the scalpel like I think it's behind it might be behind his back I can't remember now but he's basically she's not seeing it and he's walking towards her oh and he's just like I brought you something mommy and it's a really creepy voice and it's really good and then he just stabs the shit they, out they of deserve her. it these parents deserve it oh yeah they're horrible they're the parents. same people as that there's something that one that one documentary we talked that last episode so then Lewis awakes and he hears gage's laugh. He, he hears Gage laugh from all the way across in his bedroom, which makes no sense. Uh, then he gets a call from Irwin, Rachel's father, saying, hey, did Rachel get there? And instead of him just saying Rachel hasn't showed up yet, she, he turns around and says, oh, yeah, she's here. She's fine. Well, and um, Lewis, I mean, Irwin's like, well, Ellie had a nightmare that Rachel was dead. And Lewis is just like, no, she's fine, and then hangs up. Um, then he gets another call. This time it's Gage calling on the phone, and she's just like, I play with Judd, and I play with Mommy. Now I want to play with you. Oh, jeez. <laughs> so Lewis realizes that Gage is evil, and uh, at this point he's, he's gotten kind of loopy. Um, but he's realized that... You Lewis know, he, is loopy. Lewis is... He's really, like, kind of just floating from scene to scene. Right. I said he was loopy, but that's just... He's he's completely, like... He's, he's checked out. He's checked I'm out. I'm fucking done. Right. But he knows I've got to take care of this. Mm-hmm. 
He's got to, you know, he's going to put down the cat. He's got to put down Gage. He mm-hmm. has to at mm-hmm. this point. He knows that Gage is evil. Um, so uh, he grabs a bunch of syringes, which I don't know what the hell was in the syringes, but he just grabs a bunch of syringes and he heads to Jed's house. He has, uh, he had grabbed like a raw steak and he uses that to entice church to come over and as mm-hmm. soon as church gets within reach he grabs him and he sticks him with one of the syringes and good church kind of just falls over and dies screw that cat so then lewis gets it walks into the house and the house now is all fucked up looking like there's like mildew and all kinds of weird crazy like you would see in a texas chainsaw massacre movie. well whose house judd's house like it no really? longer looks like judd's house it huh. looks like Straight out of a Texas Chainsaw Massacre type house. Interesting. Which, it, it doesn't make any goddamn sense, but it's because the evil is making him see things just like he did to Rachel gotcha. with Zelda. Okay, so... Uh, let's see. So then, um, as he starts to look around the house for Gage, mm-hmm. all of a sudden, like, everything just kind of goes back to normal. Like, he can see everything and everything's fine again. Uh, Lewis goes upstairs and he finds Judd's body <clears throat> and in his bedroom under the, the bed. He goes to look under the bed and he finds Judd. So then he goes to walk out and then suddenly Rachel's body comes dropping down from the attic. You know you those drop down attic yeah. stairs? Well, she just drops down like basically so right Gage in front of So Gage carried him up there. Yes, and Gage is up in the attic. I mean, everything kind of happens real fast. So yeah. now you have the, the body come down. You had Gage jump down mm-hmm. with the scalpel, and then they fight, and then he injects Gage, and Gage stumbles off, and he's like, "No fair." He just he's like, "No fair, no fair." <laughs> it's just like a little kid would say, "It's uh-huh. great." Oh. I love that scene. It's creepy, but it's. It's really well done. Right. And the kid, the, the, the kid's acting in that scene was great. Brilliant. Like, it was just really good. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, uh, so now Lewis has taken, you know, takes Rachel's body down and he walks out of the house and he lights Judd's house on fire mm-hmm. with the cat and Judd and, you just know, Gage's whole body. He fire. lights everything on fucking fire. But he takes Rachel's body and walks out. Now, Lewis is sitting there, and he's sitting there trying to convince himself that he waited too long with Gage, Mm -hmm. and that's why it ended up bad. But now, since Rachel just died, that she'll be better. And Pascal's standing in the middle of the street, and he's just like, dude, stop, please stop. And he he doesn't even pay attention to Pascal. He walks right through him and just keeps going. So then, um, then you see Lewis, like he's she, you know, Lewis by himself walks into the kitchen, and he starts playing solitary. He's waiting for Rachel to show up. Rachel walks in the door. Her face is like half mutilated. Um, I don't know what from, but mm-hmm. her face is half mutilated, and uh, got hit by a truck on the way out of the right. pet cemetery. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> on her way back from the pet cemetery, she. <laughs> She gets hit by a fucking truck. <laughs> um, so then Lewis and Rachel start kissing each other, mm-hmm. 
while he while they're kissing, Rachel reaches over on the table and grabs like a big knife, okay. like a big kitchen knife, mm-hmm. and then the screen goes to black, and you just hear Lewis screaming. Oh, he castrated. She castrated him. Whatever. It yeah. doesn't matter. She just killed him. And then immediately the credits start rolling. They play Pet Cemetery" by the Ramones, mm-hmm. which I love that song, by the way. So this is that was pretty much the whole movie. <sighs> I don't know if there was anything that I missed. I don't. I, st- I said I stopped watching it. Just I couldn't. I. I, I get why you stopped because it's very difficult, yeah. and that next scene would have kicked your ass. Yeah, probably. Yes. Yeah, uh, but yeah, then right. everything after that funeral scene, I think you would have been okay. Again. I, I think what I might do is go back and watch it after the funeral scene. I don't think I can do the. Funeral oh, scene I don't now. think you should. Yeah. I, it's such a brutal scene to watch. It's, and I'm the kind of person that watches things because it impacts me, right? Like emotionally or whatever else. In, uh, so I'll watch it just because I know it's going to yeah. well, Mika, have an impact. Mika said she actually had a nightmare last night about her getting hit by a truck. Yeah, it's kind of hard not to. Oh, geez. It's just it, it's such a brutal movie when you boil it down to reality, when you make it real. And that's what that was one of the things that they said about the funeral scene. They said that the funeral scene was so real and emotional mm-hmm. that they had to cut it down because mm-hmm. it really kind of, you know, you have horror and horror, even though like crazy, nasty shit happens in horror movies, mm-hmm. it's under this guise of like, this is all fake. Right. You know, this is all fake. But then you want to put like a heavy, real, realistic surreal, uh, scene in it. In, yeah. It's just like, oh my God, you're getting, you're slapping everybody in yeah. the face with this dose of reality that yeah. this kid really died now. Yeah. Instead of this fictitious kid got hit by a truck and now we're going to bring him back from yeah. the dead. Yeah. And, you know, it's, you're going to have this really heavy, you know, heartbreaking scene between a father and a grandfather and, they, uh, you know, their emotions get the better. It's just so fucking hard to watch. It yeah. really is. I don't. Oh, no, I, I don't suggest that you watch it. Yeah. It's, it. It's very difficult. But if anything, maybe jump way past that to when Evil Gage shows up. Because I'll then do. it's kind of, it's kind of fun. I mean, it's still brutal, but it's not as brutal because it's like, it's more like child's play. Yeah. That, I see what you're saying. You know, like, slasher type. Yeah, it becomes much more of a horror movie and right. less of a... And that's why I said, yeah, you had to wait 45 minutes to get to the horror. Right. Everything before that was just kind of set up and... In, just terrible. <laughs> well, And, and the mean, daughter survives. <laughs> yeah, well, the daughter survives, yeah, because she's in Chicago. Does she come back into the sequel? I don't remember. I watched the sequel one time mm-hmm. and I did not like it, no. so I don't think I ever went back and watched it again. Mm-hmm. And I think that it was a lot of the concepts that were in the novel, because this was well before I read the novel. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of the concepts that were in the novel end up in the second movie. Mm -hmm. And those were kind of some of the things I didn't like. And then when I went back and read the novel, I liked them. But I didn't like them in the second movie for some reason. Because I wanted more of the first movie. I didn't want a different story. And it was like, it was definitely like evil versus good, and it just didn't make sense. So anyway, let's wrap this up. Keep it going.
Okay. Well, uh, so that, I mean, that's pretty much everything. I, I mean, I guess I will go back and watch Pet Cemetery 2 at some point in time, but I'm not really that interested in it. Um, it's definitely more of a bubblegum version of the first one. So, but that's about it. Uh, I don't think there was much else to, to, to cover on that. Um, I'm hoping that Scott, who actually suggested this movie, uh, enjoys it. Yeah, enjoys it. Enjoys the uh, episode we have. There he is. So, there he is. Um, so, our next movie is No Holds Barred. Yep. Yeah, he is. So, we got WrestleMania coming up. WrestleMania coming up. So, we wanted to get ourselves a wrestling movie. And I think that this will definitely be a tradition because I think we have this and we have SummerSlam. I think it's SummerSlam we should be looking at like Suburban Commando. We'll do, yeah, Suburban Commando. <laughs> Because I just I, I remembered that movie last night and I'm just like oh dude I kind of need to watch that yeah again. Suburban Commando um, but good. then uh, but there's a couple other movies there's a lot of uh, wrestler movies out there the wrestler. They Live is oh, a good one there we go Gay Live that'd be perfect because that would be heading into the fall yeah They Live is is a actual good movie with a wrestler in right. it and of course the the perfect line. I just came here to <laughs> kick ass and chew bubble gum, and I'm all out, out of, of bubble, bubble gum. gum yeah. I love that. It's yeah. a great movie. But yeah, so. No Holds Barred. We'll probably have an hour-long discussion about Hulk Hogan just in general. Probably, dude. Because the movie's so I, simple. Th- there's not much to the movie. There's there not really much to isn't, it. but I do enjoy it. Yes. And the, and, you'll, and the weird thing you'll find is that the, the brother, uh, Hulk Hogan's brother... <laughs> You realize that the guy's kind of a big star now. He was in Dexter. He's in um, oh. the uh, the oh god the story with the two brothers on CW, um, where they fight all the 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 Winchesters. They fight Supernatural. Okay, it's got it's been on for like twenty three seasons now. Jeez. Uh, and he he plays the devil. In that show, like he's done a lot of movies since then, but back then he was just like a small time actor. This was kind of one of his first roles, but um, you know, and then of course we have to talk about, and I think that I'm going to spend some time on the network watching the build for the Lister fight. Yeah, because they literally took a fictional character from a movie. <laughs> And put him in <laughs> WWE wrestling awesome. and fought against Hulk Hogan, the real Hulk Hogan. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that they, we'll that is definitely that well. necessary yeah, to, we'll to discuss that, that. Yeah. because it wasn't Teeny Lister versus Hulk Hogan. It was Zeus, Zeus. <laughs> which was just wonderful. Which was just wonderful. So, but I, yeah, I think it's definitely worth exploring exploring a lot of that stuff so i'm gonna try to watch some of that that's good. uh are you uh, you know so i think that's about it that's that about just it. about wrap that's it about up. wrap this uh movie up so anyway thanks for hanging with us no it's a little it was a little bit unorthodox episode but uh no holds barred two weeks from now well, actually a week from now because this will be the uh, second pet cemetery yeah so anyway thanks for listening make sure you follow us on uh twitter JB's driving. Uh, subscribe on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, what have you, or on Facebook. I know uh, we got some views this past week. Appreciate that. Um, but until next time, we'll see you with uh, No Holds Barred. <laughs>